0: whatever makes you happy it just depends on you so think a little bigger and dream what you could do welcome 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 back to another episode of the Unique podcast like always i'm super grateful to have you back in here with me because you're what makes this podcast so unique and so special with your presence and your energy so in the last episode we talked about something very very interesting which is the i hate people mentality and we uncovered some of the reasons why and where does the mentality come from if you're experiencing the same if you're isolating yourself from the world if you feel detached or or if you feel that you don't like anyone at all, please, please go check out the episode down below. You'll uncover where is this mentality coming from. And even though you might see it as a joke, or you might say it as a joke, what effect is it creating on you? And how does isolating yourself from the world not make you unique, but makes you lonely? So check it out and see for yourself if these strategies are helpful to overcome this mindset. Today we're going to be talking about something very, 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 very interesting because it is related to the, scar- the I hate people mentality and somehow we're going to flow into where does this mindset lead to us or what is one other mindset that it gives rise to. And so you're going to see how this one is a place of comparison as well. I'm going to start this one with a quote because I'm not cheesy that way, but then this one quote is like my absolute favorite. Like if you go to my Instagram, it's the one post you will find. Like I'm not on social media, but this is one post you will find. Here we go. It says, Blowing out someone else's candles won't make yours shine brighter. Did you just clap? Okay, let me repeat that again. It says, Blowing out someone else's candles won't make yours shine brighter. So let's uncover what this quote says because it fits perfectly in today's theme. It says that when we try to push someone else down or when we try to blow out someone else's candles, we often think that it's going to make our candles shine brighter. We often think that it's going to make us light up more because we blew out someone else's candles. Well, this quote tells you that blowing out someone else's candles only does what it does, which is take away the light from them. It doesn't automatically, magically add light to us. So where and how do we get to a thinking which makes us you know, see things that way, where we think that taking away from someone else is a way to add to us? This can also be called something that feeds our monkey brains because we have this notion that um, there can only be one king among the population. There can't be a king among kings. Have you ever seen like a hundred kings walk around together of the same city or of the same place? No, that doesn't happen. We all think that there can only be one king. And... A king is only a king in between of commoners right so if you see like a parade of like 100 kings walking down the street you're not going to call them kings you're going to be like okay cool that's just 100 kings like whatever not going to care about one of them but if there was a king walking among commoners you'll be like damn that's a king <laughs> you get what i mean right so what happens is that we are so limited in thinking we are we're not limited in our thinking, but we believe that the resources out there or the positions out there are so limited that the resources are limited that we need to push others down in order to shine brighter, in order to be the one that stands out, in order to be the king. So where does this come from? In theory and informal terms, this is called the scarcity mindset. It was initially penned down by Stephen Covey in his book, called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said scarcity mentality refers to people seeing life as finite pie so that if one person takes a big piece, that leaves less for everyone else. So you know how there's a pie and, okay, let's say it's like Thanksgiving dinner and you have like a pumpkin pie and one of your family members who just loves eating they're obsessed with food let's say they take off it, and you like that pie too by the way like you really love that pie but then his chance just came before you like he's sitting before you so you know how the um cutting knife gets passed around (laughs) so he got the knife before you and he took out the biggest hugest fat ass big piece of pie and now you there's not much left for you because everyone else took off like big pieces and now I just feel very bad because there's not much of pie for you so if that one person your let's say your uncle he got that big piece of pie that leaves less for you and everyone else on the table so that's what scarcity mindset says that people are used to seeing life that way as this finite pie where if one person takes a big piece that leaves less for everyone else well is that really really true It has seemed to be true in the corporate world because people are conditioned to have a scarcity mindset, to have the scarcity mentality where we think that the resources are limited. And we have this short-term thinking that um, we're okay, working towards one goal, let's say getting a job or like a promotion, and of course, there's only one person that can get promotion, so we only think about that one short term goal, which is getting that job. And we think that it's only possible for one person to get it, so I better push others down around me so that I can get it, right? And it's just this thought that overtakes us that says there isn't every there isn't enough out there for everyone. You know, talking about the corporate world reminds me of one of the very evident um, conversations I have with one of my friends. So I remember walking out of the gym and I ran into my friend Denny and um, he seemed very like pissed off. I'm like, oh man, you don't want to work out, just go home. But he said it's not about working out. He was just sad. And he, he, he looks super like pissed off, you know, like one of those days where you can tell people are not in a good mood and I asked him what was going on. And this was around the time where all of us were pushing hard, trying to secure jobs, trying to find jobs that fit our skills and abilities. So we started having a conversation and, he tells me that he did not get the job that he had worked super duper hard for. So he had been preparing for this job interview for a long time. And I know that he really wanted it. So in fact, it was one of those positions that a lot of the people that I knew wanted that position because it was like, you know, one of those high paying um, jobs from like a really good company with like a good um position so and all of us were in the same program at university so a lot of my other friends wanted it as well and the position was only open for two people so I asked him how did the interview go and how does he know he didn't get it and like just to you know tell me more about it because I was curious why he was so sad so I asked him and he tells me well Anishka, I put in so much work for it and I still did not get it like my interview was super bad and they questioned me they asked me a lot of stuff like I don't know what the hell to do they they just keep on making interviews harder and harder like there's nothing I can do about it and he just looks so frustrated and impatient that why didn't I get this job right away and um, I could tell that he ha- he was also overwhelmed with all the practice and work that he put in to get an interview and of course it's frustrating to not get something that he worked so hard towards and then um, I asked him well there must be like a bright or like a shining light to this thing like I know this is very sad and it is heartbreaking to not get the job after we work so hard for it and then he's like oh let me think and danny starts smiling so i'm like there it is you found it what is it so i'm expecting this guy to go like well you know what i never really wanted that job in the first place i was just pushing hard towards it because of the pressure from my friends or pressure from the group but that wasn't it he gave me like this big huge I would say slightly evil smile, and I asked Danny, like, "What was going on? Like, why, why is it telling like a happy thing?" He's like, "Well, at least if I didn't get it, Eric did not get it either." I'm like, "Eric was by the way, another one of our friends, like I told you, a lot of my friends were positioning for like, um, interviewing for the same position." So he said that if I don't get it, well, Eric did not get it either, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" Because. I knew Eric, fairly smart guy. And uh, like, he was working just as hard to get this interview. And he had worked super hard to, you know, all through his school life. So I I was curious, like, how did Danny know? He's like, Oh, I saw his name on the list of people that they were going to interview after me. And like, he, he probably saw like the interviewer with like, a notepad or list of all the people and he said that he saw eric's name on it and he's like oh eric you're interviewing eric as well and the interview goes like interviewer probably meant like yeah we are so danny told them oh he's no good and danny was very happy by the way telling me about all of this and he said that um oh Eric isn't that good don't worry about him I don't think you guys should waste your time on him and I don't know what else Danny said but he said that at least that kills his chances as well and that struck me um I asked Danny why he would do that he said I had no choice I'm like what do you mean he's like well at least if they see Danny as bad before he walks into the interview there's no chances for Danny to get the job, and that might up-level my chances. I'm like, well, you already had a bad interview. How does that help your chances at all? And Danny did not have a response. Like you would imagine, he was stuck. He said, man, I don't know. That just makes me feel better. Like he, If I'm not getting it, he's not getting it. End of discussion. And of course, he got pissed off because <laughs> I do ask a lot of questions. And as you can tell, I probably talk a lot. So... Danny walked away and he did not care about one bit about. I don't know if he cared, I don't know what chord might have struck with him, but he did look like his jaw was clenched. He just um, walked to the gym. He's like, I'm going to talk to you later. And that's what I realized it's the same scarcity mindset um, where we think that pushing others down might make us level up or might place us above uh, someone else, right? And it's not just this one um, negative action or acting in this certain way, because I know that can be very malicious or that is seen as a very malicious intent. There are other things that scarcity mindset brings along with it. There is um, this strong feeling that something is missing. So we quite don't know what is missing from our lives, but you know, this little voice in our head, it keeps something, something is missing. I'm happy, I have what I need, but something is missing. The scarcity mindset does not back off from continuously telling us that something is missing. And we let that something, that we don't even know what that something is, and we let it be the cause of our unhappiness. And it's kind of crazy that we don't know notice that everything that is there But we care about that something that we don't even know about that is missing. So that is the evil work of a scarcity mindset because it it makes us see the places we're scarce in. And if we're not able to spot the places that we're scarce in, we call it something and we let that be the cause of our unhappiness. And once we let that something become our everything, We think that happiness and well-being are out there. They're just near the corner and we could get it only if the circumstances and the people around us changed. And maybe if that's something that we don't even know about was in our lives or maybe if I wasn't the way I was, it also just keeps us waiting for happiness. Like it's something that we're going to achieve one day. Like it is this you know, we make happiness like a destination. Like I'm working so hard right now, I'm putting everything aside. Um, I'm working so hard towards my goals because my ultimate goal is to have happiness. Well, guess what? Happiness is yours to have and we can decide when to have it if we stop looking for something and focus on everything. Now I know this can be a very wishy-washy idea to capture and it does seem like one of those, well, you're just a happy person. You can say crap like that kind of an idea. Don't get me wrong. I understand where you're coming from. But what I'm trying to show to you is the scarcity mindset, what it does to us. It takes away the thinking logical person out of our heads. And it puts us in this position of a person who is constantly, constantly waiting for things to go wrong. And we're so, so afraid of happiness that when we do become happy, we let it go because we're afraid that it will be taken away so we just push it away by ourselves before it's taken away from us in some way right and this definitely has a big big impact on our lives because you can see that it never allows us to be happy with what we have or what we can create it constantly keeps us missing that something that we don't even know about it constantly gives keeps us in that place of waiting for happiness that well-being and our um everything good in life is just around the corner but it's not there yet and it will be there once the world changes around us or maybe if maybe if our circumstances weren't the way they are or maybe the person around us wasn't the way they were so this absolutely manifests a victim or bully mentality so you can see that um probably in my friend Danny's case, he was a bully. Like I I shouldn't be calling him a bully because it's not his fault, but you can see how this manifests as him becoming a bully for taking away someone else's chance for his own. Whereas Danny himself, he saw himself as a victim. He saw that he's a victim of life, that he's a victim of the bad interviewers, of the limited job opportunities. So there are these both things that get manifested in our heads which is a victim mentality and a bully mentality where we become sadistic who sadists who start finding happiness in by pushing others down now don't get me wrong you are none of us are sadists okay and none of us are bullies i'm just telling you how the scarcity mindset acts and it's not you it's a mindset we can step away from and you know, kind of detach ourselves from it because it's not us. It's not a personality. It's just a mode, a place that can definitely be let go of. So I know things got a little bit heavy there and I just went over a ton of concepts. And of course, of course, Danny's story wasn't too happy because... Oh, Danny did do something bad over there. So let me just take you back to our childhoods because they weren't so complex and they were pretty simple in terms of the things we talked about, the stories that we listened to instead of stories like Danny's. So let's talk about our age old favorite. You know which one I'm talking about, the rabbit turtle story. So let me just, you know, read it out for you to make you happy and to remind you of your positive, positive childhood. So, once upon a time, a turtle and a rabbit had an argument about who was faster. They decided to settle the argument with the race. The turtle and the rabbit both agreed on a round and started off the race. The rabbit shot ahead and ran briskly for some time. Then seeing he was far ahead of the the turtle, he thought he'd sit under a tree for some time and relax before continuing the race. He sat in the tree and he soon fell asleep. The turtle, plodding on, overtook him and soon finished the race, emerging as the undisputed champ. The rabbit woke up and realized that he'd lost the race. The moral of the story is that slow and steady wins the race. This is the version of the story we have all grown up with, but our version of the story continues. The rabbit was disappointed at losing the race and he did some thinking. He realized that he had lost the race only because he had been overconfident, careless, and if he ha- if he hadn't ta- taken things for granted, there is no way the turtle could have beaten him. So, the rabbit challenged the turtle to another race, and of course the turtle agreed because he was confident too by this point. This time the rabbit went all out without stopping from start to finish. He won by several miles, of course. The moral of the story is, fast and consistent will always beat slow and steady. It's good to be slow and steady, but it's better to be fast and reliable. But the story isn't ended there. The turtle did some thinking and realized that there's no way he can beat the rabbit in a race the way it was currently set up, the rabbit was sure to win. And he thought for a while, then he challenged the rabbit to another race, but on a slightly different route. The rabbit agreed to the turtle and the rabbit started off in keeping with his self-made commitment to be consistent and fast. The rabbit took off and ran at a top speed until he came to a broad river. The finishing line was a couple of kilometers on the other side of the river. So he had hit this point where he didn't know what to do. So he sat by the river thinking there was one way to get across the river, but he wasn't able to figure out one. And by then the turtle crawled and he hit the riverbank as well. And the turtle swam ahead and was able to get to the other side. He walked and he won the race. The moral of the story is, first identify your core competency, and then change the playing field to suit your core competency. The story still hasn't ended there. The turtle and the rabbit by this time had become pretty good friends, and they did some thinking together. Both realized that the last race could have been drawn much, much better. So, the turtle and the rabbit decided to do the last race again but to run as a team this time. So they started off and this time the rabbit carried the turtle to the river bank. There, the turtle took over and swam across with the rabbit on his back. And then on the opposite bank, the rabbit again carried the turtle and they reached the finishing line together. Both the turtle and rabbit felt a great sense of satisfaction than they had felt earlier. The moral of the story is it's good to be individually brilliant and to have core competency, but unless you're able to work in a team and harness each other's core competencies, you'll always perform at par because there will always be situations at which you will do poorly and someone else does well. Teamwork is mainly about situational leadership, letting the person with the relevant core competency for a situation to take leadership. That is the key, and that is the end of the story. This story was originally posted on YouTube by a very popular YouTuber, and he stays hidden. His name is Hidden, so I cannot um, find it, but it was important for me to read over this story to you guys, and the reason why I it was, it has a very beautiful message to it. It talks about how you can always run a race, so you can be fast and consistent, you can keep running, and you, can, you might even wonder win the race, but there will always be times, there will always be situations when you run into things where you wouldn't know what to do. You're paralyzed because there's someone else out there who knows how to do it better. So the strategy or the right way to go about it is to work in a team, to collaborate, to find that core competencies that we have, to give those core competencies to a team and draw out someone else's core competencies to win situation. Not there is, we need to win life situation by situation. So that is the end of the moral of the story. So what can we take away from this? So I would challenge your current mindset. Not yours specifically, but the scarcity mindset. Instead of thinking as, having to push other people down or instead of, you know, we don't even consciously do it. Sometimes we just have this subconscious make us do things where we by mistake or not even by mistake, but subconsciously harm someone else's efforts in order to look ours better. So instead think of situations as a win-win situation. How can both of you leave feeling accomplished and satisfied? just like the rabbit and the turtle is there a route in which both of you like both of you can leave the situation feeling satisfied together and thinking that you both have achieved something because just like Isaac Newton's popular law of attraction says that every action always has an opposite and equal reaction so if you try to think of things as a win-win situation, there will always be others out there who will think of situations as a win-win for us as well. So not only are we winning, but we're creating winning situations for others. And in turn, we're opening up possibilities for others to create win-win situations for us. And just simply by doing this, we are able to become curious about other people and understand that there is a possibility to explore their competencies as well to you know, always, always understand from their paths and kind of draw out their learnings from where they're at. So we need to know that we are capable of doing exactly what the other person is doing. The only thing is that we need to get curious about how they did it instead of obsessing over what they did and why did we not get what they did, you know? So if we were to focus on learning on what path the other person take and thinking of situations situation as a win-win, how could we learn from it and win as well? So maybe we would be able to, you know, let the other person become a guiding light for us. And they have already done the hard work for you, by the way. So imagine that you had tried a hundred different things and a hundred different paths and they all failed and you had no clue what the right path is. That would take so, so much work. Instead, you could just talk to this one person who seems to have figured it out, who is winning at the situation and ask them, how did they figure it out? So they just saved you a hundred tries by performing those hundred tries for you. So just imagine off this, you know, this core competency that they have manifested in their lives by giving it a hundred tries. Now we can learn from their path. We can follow their path and let them be our guiding light so it's a simple simple framework that we can learn and apply to our life and it definitely helps us you know take a shortcut to winning so it's all about being curious so how can we be curious and what does curiosity even mean well on a very very basic level curiosity means that we start learning like just Learning, not from any malicious intent, not from any other kind of intention, but just with the intention, learn with the intention of learning about other people and their experiences, their goals, their beliefs, their values, and try to understand them. And when we try to become curious, all we need to do is listen. Instead of jumping in and sharing our situation, what we need to do is listen so that we can someday follow their path, and maybe we can add to theirs as well. We can maybe create a winning situation for them as well. This little thing will very subtly move us into an abundance mindset. An abundance mindset is complete opposite of a scarcity mindset. It's this paradigm that there's plenty out there for everybody. When we become curious, we learn that everyone's paths are very, very different. So what the abundance mindset says is that I think I can basically um, put it in one quote and that one quote would be that whoever has has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. So this was said by someone very, very popular if you were to Google it. But what the quote says is that whoever has and acknowledge what they have, they will definitely be given more and they will always have an abundance in their lives. And whoever does not even have what they have, it will be taken away from them. So you know how I talked about the something is missing mindset before? It's it's this idea that we think, we don't even think about the things that we already have. And that things that we have, those can make us feel abundant instead of focusing on the things that we don't have. So whoever does not have will not even have what they already have and they that will be taken away so i know there's like a lot of have have haves in there but the conclusion to draw from this is to focus on things that we have things we can create for other people how can we create a women's situation from for other people and focus on what we have our competencies that we can use to add into other people's lives Once we are in this abundance mindset, it automatically makes us feel like we're in the driver's seat, like we're the one who is, you know, um, have the control in our hands. And it helps us feel much more relaxed and much more balanced in our lives because we're able to become secure in our competencies. And we're also able to learn from others. This will easily manifest clarity and easily, easily, it will help us grow from one point to another, and we'll soon have what we thought was missing from our lives. I hope all of this makes sense. I know there was a bit heaviness in there. That's why I popped up the rabbit turtle story, because it's my absolute favorite. But do remember that it has a very beautiful conclusion to it, which is collaborate the team to c- contribute your core competencies, and you will always find a win-win situation to draw out others' core competencies as well. How can you win by letting other person win as well? In my friend Danny's example, if he hadn't bad-talked Eric, he could have probably approached Eric later on and asked him, "How did your interview go?" And since Eric was a smart dude, he could have asked Eric about how did he practice for his interview. He could have simply followed Eric's steps and learned from him how to interview, dimming Eric's light by giving a bad feedback for him. Now, that made sure that Eric doesn't get the job as well. There was a possibility to for Danny that Eric got the job. And now Danny can learn from him how he got the job. And... What are the experiences Eric is having at the job, you know? And probably Eric could have given him a referral in the future. But Danny killed all of that because he thought that dimming Eric's light would make his light shine brighter. I'm going to leave it with this thought and reflect upon it. Think about it. Let me know how it goes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This was sponsored by Amazon's affiliate. And check out the link down below in my bio. And feel free to shoot me an email at anushka at I'm always looking forward to feedback from you guys. And I'm signing off for today. Thank you for listening in. I'm so grateful that you spent your energy and time with me.